Welcome to episode 14 of All in a Homeschool Day, the podcast helping you keep homeschooling real and in perspective. I'm your host, Crystal Wagner, and this week we're talking about helping your child assume responsibility for lessons. It's easy to get into the habit of just doing the next thing, plugging away, keep going, and we forget that one of the primary goals of our homeschooling journey should be to help our children learn some important life skills. One of their goals of education should not be to be trained for a particular job, but to be prepared for life and to be a well-rounded individual. One aspect of this is learning to take responsibility for your own education. And so we have a great privilege to help our children learn how to do this. It's not easy, and I'm sure you know that as you have tried to change your habits and take responsibilities for new endeavors. So there's six things that we can do to help our children learn to assume this responsibility. I want to share those six things with you and give you some stories and tips along the way that has worked for our family. The first thing that we do is we start by having conversations. We talk about why we learn. I do not make this a formal sit down, hey, listen to me kind of talk, but I talk to them throughout our day. I tried adding this in as early as possible because it is never too early for your children to learn that it is their responsibility to learn. We talk about how when you can acquire the skills of how to learn, you can learn almost anything you want or need anytime. We also talk about how reading about other people and other topics will allow them to connect with great minds of the past and the present and to see the world from other perspectives. We talk about how a well-rounded individual is one who has read and pondered many different subjects and how this will allow them to converse with people of many different backgrounds and in a variety of situations. I have been so surprised at times, and I shouldn't be surprised, but also proud when I have observed my girls talking to new people that they've just met and some of the conversations they have, the depth that they can go because they have read a lot of different books and they know about a lot of different things. We also talk about how learning can be fun and exciting when you're pursuing topics that you find interesting, which is why learning is a lifelong endeavor. They will never stop learning it just will look a little different throughout their lives. So I'd like to encourage them and remind them that it's their responsibility to learn and they can assume more and more of this responsibility as they get older. One way that we help our girls learn responsibility to take responsibility for their lessons is through our summer learning. I'll leave a link to you for a post where I talk all about this and how we approach summer learning a little differently. I do not have a lot of things that I require during the summer. I have a few, 
But on top of that, I expect them to take responsibility for their learning that summer. And this other post will will tell you about our journey through that and how in the beginning, they really slacked off, but how they recognized that was such a mistake. And in the future years, it was so much better. This summer, um, we just came to a close and they throughout the summer, would wake up, we'd have breakfast, and they'd say, I need to do my summer learning. They were excited to be doing this learning because it was stuff they were interested in, but they were also acquiring new skills of how to learn, how to learn new things. So I'll leave a link to that post for you if you want to consider that for your summer next year. The second thing that we do is we set an example We try to always be lifelong learners ourselves, my husband and I. Right now, I am taking on a brand new challenge. I have enrolled in a math course, and I'm a little intimidated, but at the same time, I'm super excited about this topic, and it's about how to think like a mathematician and what is mathematics and thinking about it in a totally different way than we've been used to thinking about math. So I know that type of course is not for everybody, but there are all kinds of things that you can be doing to set an example for your children. I try to set aside time to read each day. When they're working on their lessons and they don't need me helping them, I try to read a little bit during our morning school time. I try to always have a a book with me, not always a fiction book sometimes because that is enjoyable too, but times that I can learn new things. And there have even been times that my daughters and I have read the same book. They've told me, hey, mom, you really need to read this. And I found it fascinating and learned a lot of new things. And then there have been other times that I've been reading adult level books and have told my girls, I really think you need to read this. I think you would enjoy it. And they have. So when you can set that tone and that atmosphere in your home, that learning is fun, learning is exciting, and learning never stops, then you have set an example for them that they will carry with them throughout their entire lives. Third, I set clear expectations of what I expect from my girls. I have to talk to them a lot about what I expect because they tend to forget or get busy and honestly, sometimes not care. So I have to remind them what I expect of them. And I also tell them what I will do to help them. Sometimes that may mean sitting next to them and me working while they're working to help provide that accountability. Sometimes it means reading a book to them that maybe is beyond their ability right now, but they can comprehend it. They just can't read it. Uh, It might mean that I schedule a field trip somewhere for them but I expect them to take the responsibility of helping me find what field trips and letting me know that they want to take one to learn more about a particular subject. So there's lots of ways that you can help your children and it will vary depending on their age, their developmental abilities and the specific subject that you're talking about. But be very clear about what you expect of them 
and how you will help them. I also try to make sure that they understand. If I give them an assignment, I will have them repeat back to me in their own words what they're supposed to do. I have them tell me what my expectation is for them. When I have not done that, we've had some big miscommunications and it was not pretty. There were tears and frustrations. And so I try really hard to make sure that we all have the same understanding of our expectations. Fourth, I provide training. This is a new skill for our children. And so I start by working with them. And then I'll move to working beside them so they can ask questions when they have them. I can make sure that they're making progress and they're not dawdling or that they are not getting frustrated and getting stuck because a lot of times our children don't recognize when they get to that point and then they end up wasting time. And slowly I turn the responsibility over to them. Now, there have been times that I've not provided enough training. Sometimes you will think that your children have the skills and abilities and they're ready to assume more responsibility. And so you turn it over and then you realize that they were missing a piece of that puzzle to help them be successful. This past year, I turned over more responsibility of, for science lessons to my daughter. And when I did, I assigned the whole chapter for the year. Or I'm sorry, I assigned the whole chapter for the week. And I provided her with several different options of how she could take notes she was supposed to narrate to her dad and then talk through the chapter. And when the assignment was a test, she was going to do that with her dad. And what we found was she was unable to break the chapter down into smaller chunks so that she could know what she needed to accomplish each day. Once we realized that, we sat down together and we looked at how many pages she generally was able to read in a session. And that kind of varied depending on the difficulty of the chapter, but we tried to find an average. And then we laid that out and said, so you need to read, let's say, four pages a day in order to accomplish this chapter this week. So when you recognize that your child doesn't have all the skills he needs and doesn't have quite all the training that he needs to keep being successful, take that step back and provide some more training, provide some more help. It's okay to step in and come alongside your child and help him or her so that they can feel successful. You don't want them frustrated and you don't want to be butting heads with them. This is not a battle to be won. This is a time to be an encourager and to help them, to be their homeschool facilitator. Fifth, I provide accountability and quality control. This will look different depending on the age of your children, but find ways you can help them. I find that using timers are really helpful for all of us. We've recently found the time timer, which is a visual timer to see how much time you have remaining to finish a task. I'll leave a link to both the iPhone app. I think they have 
They may have an Android app as well. And the actual physical timer that we use. I prefer the physical timers because it's too easy to get distracted with your phone and other things on your phone. But that is help, has been helpful if we have been out of the house and I needed a visual timer. So I, I use them both, but mostly the physical timer. And all three of us have our own timers and we use them quite extensively. I want to encourage you too that as you're turning this over and you're providing that quality control, let them flounder. There will be times that they need to figure out what works best for them. When my daughter was working through science this year and one of the skills she was supposed to be working on was how to take notes. And she had to work through how much how, how, what depth her notes needed to be in order for her to understand the material and be able to have a conversation with her dad later about what she had learned. So there were times that she took too few notes and she was unable to narrate well. There were times she took way too many notes and it took her a really long time to finish the chat reading the chapter. So that's not something that I can help her with outside of providing a few uh, pointers, but she had to work through that on her own and she had to figure that out. So it's okay to let them flounder a little bit, but recognize when they need you to step in and provide a little more guidance. And sometimes I'll sit right beside them to provide that accountability and quality control, especially if you have an easily distractible child that may be very helpful to just sit there next to them and be working on a different project. But you're right there so that you can see when they start to glaze over. And when I can tell that my girls have gone past their point of paying attention, I will get up and take a break for myself and I'll invite them to join me and we'll go do some movements. We'll, we'll do a brain break. We'll do something that will help us to re-engage our brain. And when I put it in that perspective that I need a break, I need to change my brain function, I need to re-engage my brain, it takes the focus off of them and they don't feel like they're in trouble or that they didn't recognize where that point was that they should have taken a break. I work really hard on helping them learn that skill of um, when to take breaks, how to re-engage your brain, how to get up and move around a little bit. But I've found that if I tell them, you're not paying attention, you need to go move, they get very defensive. And so I try to do it with them and keep it positive. Finally, number six, I allow them to reap the rewards of a job well done. I try to avoid praising my girls just for the sake of great job, you're very smart, um, you finished, and I don't give grades because I want them to focus on achieving their best, for striving for excellence, and to do their absolute best work, whatever that may be. I also want them to take pride in what they have accomplished. Not the pride that, um, in the sense of being puffed up and thinking that they are better than others, but pride in the sense of they've done hard work and they've accomplished something. So 
I try to comment on the effort that they put forth. I try to comment on how I have seen them improve throughout the year. This comes after much practice because this is not what our society tells us to be saying to our children. And so I still find myself sometimes having to backtrack a little bit and go back and tell them what I thought they did very well and provide that feedback for them. The concept of excellence has also come after much discussion. Even our very young children hear about grades very early from their other friends and from family members. And so if your family is not one that gives grades or you would like to consider how you can encourage excellence without using grades, know that you can and you ha- you can start by having conversations about what is your best. And I do not mean perfect. If any of you have a child who has tendencies of perfectionism, you'll know what I mean, that this can be a stumbling block. And there have been times I've had to force my daughter to accept the work that she's done and not redo it because I wanted her to recognize that not everything is going to be perfect, but that I want her to put forth her best effort. And there are still days that I have to look at my children and I say to them, was that really your best? I know you've done better with other narrations or with other projects. Was that your best this time? And sometimes it really was because the material was more difficult or they were learning a new skill. And sometimes they look at me and they know that they did not put forth their best effort. It was not excellence. So having that conversation now can help your children establish that life skill of achieving, uh, striving for excellence, which when they get into the workforce, when they start um, with any creative endeavors, that will benefit them so greatly. Finally, one of the other rewards of a job well done and timely done is they might finish early. This might be that they finished a daily task early, or it might be that a longer term, they finished a project ahead of schedule. I encourage you to not fill that time with the next thing on your list. Let them enjoy that free time. They worked hard and maybe worked harder than they had to and finished early. So let them reap those rewards of engaging in other activities that they want to do. So those are the six things that I do as I'm helping my girls learn to take responsibility for their own lessons, for their own education. I hope that's been helpful, and I hope that you will be able to take some of these tips and implement them in your homeschool. And then let me know how that goes for you. Let me know what your children think about taking responsibility and if this changes their perspective after you talk to them about these things. 
If you haven't subscribed to the podcast and left a review, I'd really appreciate it if you would take a moment to do those two things. iTunes bases their search results on positive ratings, so it really is a blessing, and I want to thank you for your help. Until next time, I hope you have a triumphant day.